This is Cruise Radio. If you're traveling with travel insurance, you're traveling smart. Get a quote today at tripinsurance.com. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thanks for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Very happy to have you here, my friend. A review of Regal Princess coming up today from Jim. Also, Sherry Laskin stopping by with Cruise News and answering one of your listener questions. Uh, Let's see what else we have going on here. Episode 495 today. Yeah, wow. Just five episodes away from 500. It's been a hell of a nine years, huh? All right, so let's get right to Sherry. Uh, hey, Sherry. Hey, Doug. Did, did I hear you say 500 episodes you're coming up to? You know, I was just consolidating my files on Dropbox, and I've done over 1,500 interviews between you, Stuart, the guests who have called in giving ship reviews and doing onboard broadcasts and in ports. It's, it's, it's pretty wild. That's, it's pretty amazing. It reminds me of the one, <laughs> here I go again, a Frasier episode for his 1,000th show. And uh, so you're coming up to your 500s pretty soon. You'll be uh, surpassing Fraser. Yeah, you got to have dreams, right? So uh, right to the cruise news here. So last week we were talking about Norwegian Joy undergoing a $50 million renovation when she leaves China and comes to the U.S. Uh, we found out a little more information about what venues are going to be put where. So uh, what do we have on this? Well, what they're going to try to do is, is of course, uh, make it look more appropriate for a North American market. So... All of the things that they did for a Chinese market are going to disappear, as you can well imagine. Uh, some of that has to do with the shops. Um, a lot of the high-end shops are going to go, and they're going to be replaced with, oh, gee, um, a drinking venues. Yeah, so bars and restaurants. Yeah. <laughs> bars. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the, the Joy has two tea rooms. Um, one is called the Joy Tea Room. The other is the Grand Tea Room. And they're going to both disappear. And one of them will, will be um, what Oshihan's was. Of mm-hmm. course, it has a new name called The Local, and that's what uh, The Bliss has that now. So it's going to be a, you know, a, a pub-type, sportsy-type bar. And then the Grand Tea Room is going to disappear and it's going to become the district brew house. So it's kind of interesting to see what appeals to a Chinese market versus a North American market. Apparently, North Americans would rather drink beer than shop at Louis Vuitton. <laughs> but it's kind of interesting. Um, they're going to take out the seafood restaurant, and it's going to become a Mexican restaurant. Um, they're going to actually, the, one of the biggest changes is going to be up on deck 15. Uh, the concierge lounge and some of those staterooms that are up there are going to be replaced with the observation lounge, which, mm. again, is similar to what's on the Bliss. And they're going to take out... The uh, Deck 18's Haven Casino, which, as you can imagine, would have been for the Haven guests, and now it's going to be replaced with the Haven Library, which, again, goes against the beer versus high-end shopping. So it's kind of nice they're going to put in the library. And those are, um, you know, those are getting fewer and farther between. So I'm happy to see that. And, of course, they're going to um, have a mini golf course. Um, a mini golf course, I guess that's what putt-putt they call it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so there's a lot of changes um, in the works. And of course, they're going to have a Starbucks that's going to replace the um, uh, the Atrium Cafe, which probably had more tea, um, which I like tea. So, it's, you know, it's interesting. Yeah. And then the Korean barbecue is going to go away, but that's going to be replaced with uh, Norwegian Signature Teppanyaki Restaurant. that's on all their other ships. So there's a lot more changes for the tune of $50 million. So it should be fun to see. And 
And real quick, I'm just going to add, you know, the ship is going to be in Seattle, replace the Norwegian Pearl, who will then move to Tampa and do 5, 7, 10, and 14 night sailing. Well, that's going to be a good time. The folks over at Carnival Australia know how to have a good time, too, because they had their big Christmas in July party on what, Carnival Spirit with Mr. Grinch in a helicopter? Um, I didn't know they had an annual Christmas in July celebration in Australia. So then taking it one step further, Carnival had Grinchmas Eve. And, of course, uh, none other than the Grinch himself appeared. He rappelled down a rope from a hovering helicopter, and he uh, went right onto the deck of the Carnival Spirit while it was in Sydney Harbor. And, and they did some, you know, holiday celebrations, of course, is to get everybody excited about booking their Christmas holiday cruises. But it's kind of fun with the Grinch. And he went around, he, for example, he took the, the captain's hat, he hid the turkey, and he even took lollipops from the Cherry on Top Sweet Shop. So it turned out to be a big party at the end with food, dancing, and entertainment. Always a good time in Australia. Royal Caribbean blog is reporting that um, there's an update out that Royal Caribbean released on San Juan, Puerto Rico after the hurricanes. Uh, what's the latest down there? Well, you know, when you see, the, you see the videos on TV, and it looks like there's still quite a few locations that do not have any power, but tourism is their big thing. So the island's making big strides towards a full recovery. The hotels, um, nearby communities and local organizations, they focus on restoring the tourist areas so that, you know, everyone can come into Puerto Rico and have a good time. But they're saying, you know, most of it is around uh, San Juan Harbor, old San Juan. And the airport is fully functional. It's uh, receiving both domestic and international visitors. And apparently, according to the article, there are nearly 60 shore excursions that are available. And of course, you can do your walking tours in old San Juan and go shopping. You can do the biking, the Segway, there are food tours, and yoga on the green. That is one that uh, Royal Caribbean is now offering. So I'm assuming by the green, they mean possibly by the fort, by uh, yeah. uh, El Moro. I'm curious to see. So I'm going down there in November on my journeys cruise. The last time I was there was, I mean, it's been a few years since I've been to San Juan. So and I remember just being, I did the, the El Yunque, I think, is that how you pronounce it? El Yunque mm-hmm. Rainforest? Exactly. Yeah, so I'm just curious if, like, we can actually get back to that again or if we're going to be, like, stuck, you know, more around the harbor and those kind of sites. Sounds to me like it's still mainly everything that's going to be closer to uh, the old San Juan area. Mm -hmm. I don't think El Yonke is open yet for the zip lining and all those other activities, but maybe by November, you never know. And it looks like Princess Cruises is ordering two ships and a little bigger than normal. Yeah, they are. They've announced that they're going to build two new ships scheduled for delivery in late 2023 and then in 2025. And they will be the line's first ships that are dual powered primarily by liquefied natural gas. And then the rest would be the the fuel, but they can't use the heavy fuel either. And as you said, they're going to be larger than usual. They will each hold 4,300 guests. And then in addition to this order, Princess also has three new royal class ships that are coming around the corner, including the new Sky Princess scheduled for fall of next year. And then the other ones are in 20 and 22. So it looks like it's going to be a busy five years for Princess. Is bigger going to be better? I don't know. I mean, are we going to see a shift towards smaller ships? We're kind of seeing that now with Norwegian making the Leonardo class a little bit smaller. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think to get new people on board, uh, the younger younger people, you know, maybe under under 35, under 40, the bigger the better with more activities, more wow factors, as Royal Caribbean likes to say. I think uh, 
past cruisers, experienced cruisers as they get a little bit older and not even that much older, but um, it's starting to scale down. So even the 2,300 passenger ships, those are, you know, those are small ships almost these days. Mm -hmm. You know, usually the cutoff is under a thousand or under 600, but those are going to be the the unusual ones uh, because everyone's going, they want to get new people. They've got to get decades and generations to keep coming. So the bigger the ship and the more bells and whistles, the more people will get. And speaking of new ships, Celebrity Cruises has cut the steel on their upcoming ship. And also they gave it a name too, correct? <laughs> yes, they did. It's the Celebrity Apex. It's going to come around just after, you know, Celebrity Edge is coming out this November. So it's it's going to be just another sister ship to that. It's expected to debut in spring of 2020. And then on order also are a third and fourth edge class ship and uh, ship, excuse me, and they will arrive uh, in the next, the consecutive years and fall of 2021 and 22. So three in a row coming out after the edge. I love it. Um, let's see. Last cruise story here. Uh, so if you're going to the port of Nassau or probably Freeport, um, I guess it's safe to say you might want to stay away from the conch. Yeah, it looks like there's uh, some kind of uh, a bacteria that's coming out in the in conch. So, I mean, you know, that means no ceviche, no raw conch. It's just a little pepper and and uh, vinegar on it or whatever, how you would make it. Um, if you fry it in fritters or apparently if you just rinse it in uh, fresh water, it will remove the bacteria. But otherwise, if you should ingest it, Expect something similar to norovirus, you know, where you're going back and forth to the bathroom and the shakes and the chills. And it can last for 72 hours, but some people, if they're a little bit immunocompromised, it can last for up to 10 days. So basically, don't eat raw conch. All right, listener question time. This is from Rhonda. If you have a listener question, drop me a line. Doug at cruiseradio.net is my email. My spouse and I will be going to Princess K's for the first time, and we don't know what to do in this port. Is there easy beach access? Just wanting to know what to expect. Thanks for any suggestions or help you can provide. Hi, Rhonda. It's, it's a good question, too, because a lot of people want to know how to get from the ship to the island, and they still do have the tenders, so... Uh, you will have to take a short boat ride, and the tender will dock at the pier, and then it's just a quick walk over to the beach. And they offer, Princess Keys has some of the, the typical things you would expect. There's the lunchtime beach barbecue. They have a glass-bottom boat ride that you can sign up for. It's one hour for $45.95 per person. Kids are less expensive. They have shopping, you know, with the cultural-type um, trinkets and things that you could buy. Some, of course, are made in the Bahamas. There's a children's play area. And then uh, you can also sign up for a tour of Eleuthera, and it goes to some of the small towns, and you have lunch and music. There's bike rentals. There's a lot to do. You can rent cabanas. You can rent clamshell-type shelters. Um, everything can be done online at the princess.com website. Just uh, easiest way is, is to go to search and then just type in Princess Keys. C-A-Y-S, and it'll have everything that you need to know about it, and then it'll have a link where you can go to sign up ahead of time, because things will sell out. Yes, they do. All right, we've been talking with Sherry Laskin from CruiseMaven.com. Sherry, safe travels. Talk to you next week. Bye. Cruise Radio. Maintaining our global reach. Listen live at CruiseRadio.net. From its rich heritage, picturesque beaches, and unparalleled blue waters, it's no wonder over 7 million people cruise to the Caribbean every year. 
What do you want to do? Swim with stingrays at Stingray Bay? Go for an island tour? Take a beach break? Or set sail on a catamaran to spend the day snorkeling? Whatever you decide, CruisingExcursions.com has a shore excursion to fit your budget. Cruising Excursions knows your time on the island is limited and that you want to make the most of your day. That's why they have shore excursions up to 60% cheaper than the cruise lines and offer smaller, more personable tours. Find out for yourself. Research and book your next shore excursion at CruisingExcursions.com. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. We know you can't go on every single cruise, so we do it for you. Find over 200 ship reviews and money-saving tips at cruiseradio.net or search Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio. Jim just returned from a 10-night repositioning cruise aboard Princess Cruises, Regal Princess. It went from New York City down to Fort Lauderdale. Jim's on the line. Hey, Jim. Hey, Doug. How are you? Good, man. Uh, first off, thanks for sharing this review. It's been a little while since we've heard a review of Regal Princess. And um, this is a repo cruise, so it's not like your ordinary round-trip cruise from New York or round-trip from Fort Lauderdale. What made you want to take this sailing? Well, it came up uh, as an opportunity for me, and it had pretty much a number of different things I wanted to do. Uh, first of all, it was more than the regular seven-night cruise. Um, ten nights, I found out, is just about the right amount of time for me to uh, decompress and still enjoy myself on the cruise mm-hmm. and not really rush to get back. Uh, the other thing was it was a ship I wanted to go on, and it was a repositioning cruise, something I've never done before. Okay. And, uh, of course, three new islands I hadn't been to in the past. So it was the right mix of islands, uh, the right ship, and the right timing. Was this your first time on a Royal-class ship? This is my first time on Princess, and okay. um, really enjoyed it. It was uh, much different than what I've experienced in the past. Uh, Sailed a lot on Carnival, Royal Caribbean, um, Norwegian, a few others, but this was the first time on Princess, and uh, it, it was great cruise. Cool. So you're out in Denver. You had to get to New York City. Um, how was the embarkation once you got to the uh, – they sell out of Brooklyn, right, uh, Princess? That's, that's correct. I flew from Denver to New York and got in a day early. I stayed uh, right across from the airport, the LaGuardia Plaza Hotel. Mm-hmm. Great hotel, by the way. Um, and uh, took the Princess transfer the next day down to the port. I will tell you that anybody that wants to take the transfer from LaGuardia, make sure you get there a little early. Traffic, of course, in New York was uh, solid the entire way down there. So yeah. what normally would be about a 40-minute drive probably took us about an hour to get down there. Hmm. And uh, got to the port right around, I would say, twelve fifteen or so. Um, which is normally later than I would normally go. But um, they did have the, um, the staggered embarkation. I don't really think they looked at that much at the port. Got off the off the bus, and from the time I got off the bus till the time I got on the ship, it took me about 18 minutes. Going back to your transfer, you mentioned you stayed at the LaGuardia Plaza Hotel. So the next day, did you have to go back to LaGuardia to pick up the Princess transfer to the port? Right, okay. I did. And there was a free shuttle that went between the airport and the hotel. Gotcha. That's why it shows that there's uh, LaGuardia Plaza and the Hampton are right next to each other, and they share the same um, transfer okay. for the same uh, shuttle over to the airport. Cool. Uh, so, yeah. 
So uh, you uh, said like 18 minutes you got on board this ship. So how was the uh, or what were your first impressions of Regal Princess? Uh, first impressions. Well, when I got on, it was a little different. They had the handheld scanners versus the um, the kiosks that they've had what I've seen in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those were nice. Um, got us on there just a little bit quicker. But um, the ship was elegant, very nice, very different than what I've experienced in the past. No loud music or anything when you're getting on. Everything was kind of uh, mellow, I guess mm-hmm. is the best way to put it. But went straight from there up to my cabin and uh, dropped my bag off there and went, of course, to the Lido deck after that. Cool. Uh, so let's talk about your cabin. What kind of cabin did you book and what did you think of it? I had an interior cabin on deck 15, which is the marina deck, I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, near it's they called it um, uh, forward midship. So it was one deck below the Lido deck uh, right near the elevators. I liked it because I could get the stairs right there to go right up to the Lido deck where most things were happening, uh, but still had cabins above me, so I didn't hear any noise or anything like that. The cabin was nice, more spacious than I expected, very light tones, very well updated, and it seemed like it was more than enough space for me. Regal Princess is about three years old, I guess, at this yeah, point? Yeah, I think it came out in 2014. Yeah. Okay, cool. So it, it looked pretty, you know, like a newer ship type, like the cabin accommodations and all that? Yeah, yeah. It was very nice. Um, didn't see any age or anything like that on cool. the ship like you might see on some other ships. No problems with it. Uh, easy to get around. Everything looked very new. And one thing I noticed that is that everything was very clean. Yeah. Uh, there were no, no spot on that ship that was unclean. You were uh, on deck 15. I'm just curious because I know when Royal Princess first came out, there were some issues with the elevators and them being slow and all that. How was the elevators going up, going up and down the decks? Was it like this service normal and normal flow to it? Yeah, most of the time they were. There were times they were somewhat slow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was more because people were holding doors on other decks uh, yeah. and keeping it from coming up. Of course, this being a 10-night cruise and the time of year it was, I went. we left on... I think it was October 26th, and we got back to Fort Lauderdale on November 5th. Uh, of course, it was 10-day cruise. The, the crowd on the ship was much more mature, and everything moved a little slower because of that, I think. We, you know, there weren't, uh, wasn't a lot of movement in the elevators. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't take them that often unless I was going between, uh, let's say, Deck 15 and Deck 5 or 6. Gotcha. Like when I was going to dinner. Most yeah. of the time, they worked fine. Most of the time, there was no issue. So you're saying you took the healthy route, take the steps a lot. Tried to. Yeah, very good, very good. Uh, so speaking of dinner, let's talk about it. What time dining did you have in the main dining room? I had any time dining, and I have to tell you, I don't know that I'll ever go back to a set dining time again. Really? Why? In my case, and maybe it was just my case, I didn't wait any more than three to five minutes for a table. Mm-hmm. And that was just for them to find out which one was open. Really, they would go look and come back and take me right to the table. Cool. Uh, but it was nice being able to go without having to be there at a certain time, even though I went pretty close to the same time every day. How was the service in there? Service was very good. There were some waiters that were better than others. That was a good thing, too, because I could pick and choose where I sat. First night it was there, the waiter, uh, unfortunately, was really rushed, and everybody was pretty much piling into that dining room um, at one time to eat. We, it was right around the time we were leaving, uh, around 5.30, 6 o'clock. And uh, the service was a little slow that night, but he was really stretched, too. He was working hard and, and did a great job. Very nice. What was your favorite meal in there? Favorite meal in there was probably uh, roast pheasant that we had uh, near the end of the cruise. That was excellent. Did you do any specialty restaurants on this 10 night? Yes, in the spirit of research here. Went to both the Crown Grill and Sabatini's. And I also went to uh, Alfredo's one night for dinner and for lunch. And then I went to um, 
the pub lunch when they had that as well. Alfredo's. Now that is that complimentary at night, like lunchtime. It's complimentary all the time. Okay, gotcha. So, which was which was nice, but it, they really probably could have an upcharge on that restaurant. The food was very good. It's mm-hmm. mainly just pizza, some pasta, and um, calzone things like that. Uh, and then they had desserts as well. Everything was complimentary, of course, except for alcohol. And uh, the the pizza was really good. I had a great great pizza one day for lunch, and then I had calzone for dinner one night. Um, it was fantastic. I'd put the Crown Grill Steakhouse against any land-based steakhouse. What oh, did you think of it? Yeah. It was excellent. I had a ribeye that I swear was as big as my head. That yeah. thing, it was supposed to be, I think they said 16 ounces. It was way more than that. <laughs> um, and it, it filled the plate. And uh, the dinner that I had in there, I had that with a baked potato and, and something else. And then he, of course, offered dessert. And they had uh, four or five different desserts to choose from. And the one I chose was actually a flight of desserts that had mm-hmm. like samples of each one and uh, like had four or five different samples. And by the end of that, I was done. I, I could barely walk back. It was awesome. <laughs> you know, it's a good meal when that happens, though. Yes, it was fantastic. One of the best steaks I've ever had, honestly. How was Sabatini's? Sabatini's was really good. It was different than I expected. I, I know that it's more of a Tuscan type of uh, Italian. They did say that they were changing the menu on the cruise right after ours. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure what it changed to after that. I had a steak there as well. I had a uh, New York strip steak. Once again, it was supposed to be 10 ounce and it was easily double that. Nice. Um, it was also very good. The ribeye was probably better just because I like that cut better, mm-hmm. but still uh, both very good meals. The um, buffet area on princess. What do they call that up there? The, the horizon, horizon court yeah. and horizon bistro. I really couldn't figure out the difference between the two. It's all like one giant area with a pastry shop right in the middle. Mm-hmm. So I spent as much time in the pastry shop as possible. <laughs> of course, but, you had um, to. But the, uh, you could tell the difference in the furnishings and stuff between the court and the bistro. Mm-hmm. The bistro is a little lighter. The court was darker. had more wood tones and things like that. But the food seemed very similar. Um, the food was good. It was, I don't want to say typical buffet. It was probably a little better than a typical buffet. But the only thing I don't like about buffets is the food seems to get colder faster. I don't know. It, it just um, it was good, but it, it wasn't as good as some of the restaurants. Mm-hmm. And how was the pub lunch you went to? Awesome. Yeah. I had the fish and chips and um, a Newcastle beer and the, some of the best fish and chips I've ever had. They were awesome. I've been to Europe and had it there. This was as good or better than anything there. Is the pub lunch only on sea days? They had it two different days because the crew was, the cruise was That's a 10-day right. cruise. I right. believe they only do it one day. Um, and it's in the wheelhouse bar in the Crown Grill mm-hmm. on deck seven, I believe it was. And it was packed the entire time. Uh, they had people you know, lined up to get in there. Um, it was complimentary and um, the food was very, very good. What did you think about the entertainment on your 10 night sailing? The entertainment was really good. They had a comedian on. His name was Carlos Oscar and uh, he was excellent. He, he did two shows. He did one at the very beginning of the cruise and then he did one um, right towards the middle of the cruise he got off i think in st kitts both of his comedy shows they didn't do any of the um adult shows like you would see on carnival where you know they have them in the aft lounge or in this case the lounge these were main main shows in the princess theater and he did really well now they had a few different um production shows their production shows aren't full-length um, Broadway shows or anything like that that you would see on, I don't know, Royal Caribbean or a number of other lines. Mm-hmm. They were about 45 minutes long. They had three of them. One was uh, a musical show. I can't remember the name of it, 
But then there was a show called Fiera, and I really didn't understand that one. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like set in uh, a carnival or something to that effect. But it's almost like I felt like I came in the middle of it and didn't know what was going on. Mm-hmm. It was well acted. It looked, it looked really nice. Um, but then there was Born to Dance, and I went to see that as well. Very good show overall. Of course, as the name states, definitely all about dancing. And uh, it, it was really good. There was a lot of music around the ship. They had a guy uh, playing the steel drums in different places and back in the wheelhouse bar and then um, up in the piazza as well. And they also had a quartet there. The music was very everything from, I would say, big band to uh, 70s and 80s music and then even like Caribbean music and things like that as well. The one thing I noticed is they used the piazza a lot, mm-hmm. the atrium area right in the middle. There was always some sort of dancing going on there or they had like a ring toss competition. They had a bunch of things that were going on there all the time. And it looked like that was that was their main area for for entertainment. Yeah, very cool. Now, uh, because this was a 10-day cruise, you had uh, – how many sea days did you have? There were about seven. Okay. So uh, <laughs> as far as the crowds and congestion goes for your sea days, how was that? It was very good. The pool deck, of course, was busy most of the time. Now, when we left, we left New York City. It was about 55 degrees or 50 Mm -hmm. degrees and starting to rain. Um, So everybody pretty much went inside right around that time. It was actually more congested in the ship on a few of those sea days because it was still cold outside than it was outside. When we finally got down to the Caribbean, the weather had warmed up. The decks were pretty busy. They had it spread out well. They have the retreat area up near the front and then, of course, the sanctuary in the very front and then the main pool deck. Uh, so people were spread out between those three areas. The one thing I noticed is this, the retreat area, which was the similar to a serenity area on a carnival ship, where it was more adult of an adult area, but it was always full, and it was very difficult to get a chair in there. I didn't go into the sanctuary. It was, I think, $20 for a half day and $40 for the full day. I spent most of my time either in the retreat or uh, on the pool deck itself. The pool deck was pretty busy most of the time. They had something going on the big screen pretty much all the time, either a movie or some sort of show or something like that. So you had the seven sea days and you had three ports of call. So uh, give us the ports of call you hit and one highlight from each one. We went to Antigua, St. Kitts, and Bonaire. Between the three, I only did one uh, excursion that was in Bonaire. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went to Antigua first, and um, we were there in a Royal Caribbean ship pulled in with us. I just stayed in St. John's in Antigua, went around there. Um Really nice place, uh, beautiful place, actually. But one thing I noticed when we got off ships, we were definitely pressured for taxi drivers to go somewhere, uh, more so than I've probably ever seen it before. But um, the the island is absolutely beautiful. The people were really nice. Uh, just did some shopping there and when, went back to the ship after that. St. Kitts was actually a replacement port for St. Martin, which was still out from the hurricane. And um, St. Kitts did the same thing there. We, I was around town, and I actually t- did my own little walking tour of town. The one thing I noticed about St. Kitts is everybody was very helpful and nice. Uh, They knew that we were coming from the ship, obviously, and people offered help. They offered to show us around, um, not for money, but just to show us around, or if we had any questions to, uh, they were happy to answer those as well. Okay. Uh, The last port was in Bonaire, and I did the beach day there with uh, just a cruise ship excursion, and uh, we went to a beach uh, that, you definitely had to drive to, uh, but beautiful day, beautiful beach. Um, spent pretty much most of the day there and then went uh, back near the ship, back to the ship after that. Um, we still had some time left over, so I went off to, to do some work off the ship 
um, just at a restaurant to find some Wi-Fi, and uh, then walked back from there for the evening before we left. Pretty walkable port? Yes, very yeah. walkable port. There's a lot right near there, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of restaurants, things like that. I went to a restaurant called Corel's, and the, it was probably the best Wi-Fi I had the entire trip, getting great speeds and, and easy to get on there, and, and the prices for the food and drinks were good as well. Awesome. So uh, you make your way back. So you, you began in New York City, and you ended in Port Everglades. So how was Debark there? Debark was really fast. Uh, I was going back down to Miami to pick up a flight there. So I was taking the Princess transfer back there. Unfortunately, the transfer that left for Miami left at 7.25 a.m., much earlier than I ever normally leave a ship. Mm -hmm. So uh, I went down and and we met in um, the Princess Live Theater for the people that were going to Miami. We were there probably for 10 or 15 minutes. Then they took us down to get off the ship. And from the time we left there till the time we were on the bus, easily it was like seven or eight minutes. It was fast. And I didn't do self-assist. I, I left my luggage out, but mine was easy to spot. It was already down there ready to pick up. And it literally was a matter of going off the ship, grabbing my luggage, and going straight to the bus. Did you say you had a 725 flight? No, it was 725 uh, debark off Oh, debark. Okay, I was going to say, there. wow, that's re- <laughs> No, no, no. The flight was much later in the day. <laughs> okay, gotcha. So uh, you made – did you think that the uh, – like did you price out the princess transfer uh, versus like an Uber? I didn't do it there because I just wanted to go ahead and make it simple and get yeah. off um, as quickly as possible and get going. I've done that in the past at other places, and I did price it in New York before I went, before I even chose to do the transfers. And they were about the same, a little bit less than what the um, the Uber was going to be. Uh, Uber was going to be about five to ten dollars more. Uh, of course, you're you know you're getting your to leave when you want to, and that's one thing mm-hmm. that we had to do when we were in New York was. Uh, wait about probably 45 minutes till they filled the bus before we could leave. Um, going, of course, leaving for Miami was much easier than that. The bus filled up right away, and we were on the road probably by, I would say, 8 o'clock at the absolute latest. Very and, nice. Um, on our way down there. Uh, do you have any first-time tips for people selling Regal Princess? It's really different. It was definitely a relaxing trip. They definitely focus on destinations and the experience, the islands, things like that. One thing I noticed, there were a lot more enrichment lectures, things like that on there. I had some some special activities that I, I got to do, uh, the status that I have. So um, I got to do the wine tasting and the afternoon tea and uh, things like that, which was a lot different, something I've never done on a cruise before. Uh, so if you want to give something a new try, it's, it's definitely worth it. Uh, definitely a great cruise line. And the staff on the ship was fantastic. That's the one thing that I noticed the entire week. I had a great room steward. Great waiters, everything. Everybody was great. How was that ship traveling as a solo passenger? It was great. Mm-hmm. People really reached out to try sometimes to make me not a solo passenger. Yeah. I had a number of people that you know offered to eat with me, offered to the the maitre d would offer to sit me with the same people each night at dinner because we went around the same time, even though I had any time dining. But the staff was always very welcoming. There was a guy I have to tell you that was. He was the guy working at the ice cream stand, and he was like the one that was there every day. Mm-hmm. Every day he saw me walk by, and he was like, hey, Mr. Jim, how are you? And he saw me on the first day when it was freezing in New York, and he offered me an ice cream cone. I'm like, yeah, no way. <laughs> and uh, so he's like, I'll get you later. And every day he was asking me if I wanted ice cream. Um, <laughs> so they, they were like, like – they really got to know the guests more so than any ship I've been on in the past. So, yeah, it was a very enjoyable experience. Awesome. So looking back over your 10-night sailing, it sounds like you had a great time. What was the biggest highlight for you? I still think it's just being on the ship itself in the sea days. I really like sea days. The, the ports and destinations were great. 
But I really enjoyed getting to know people on the ship, uh, a lot of the staff. Um, I met uh, the um, one of the things I had to do um, was go meet with the future cruise consultant. His name's Kyler. Mm-hmm. Uh, met with him. He introduced me to some other people. Uh, I had elite status on the ship because of um, circumstances in which I was going and getting some of the benefits that they had. They really do treat their elite passengers well. And uh, there were a lot of them on that sailing. Okay. Very cool. Well, uh, in closing here, final thoughts of Regal Princess. If you get a chance, give it a try and go. It's definitely worth it. Very nice. I've been talking with Jim about his 10-night sailing aboard Regal Princess. Jim, thanks for sharing your review with us this evening. Thanks for having me on, Doug. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Let's see what we've got for you. Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida. For partnership opportunities, email Doug at cruiseradio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.